is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker, an author, and an executive coach. And today, I'm delighted to welcome Jane Frankel to the show. Jane will discuss how creating an intentional mindset doesn't leave your success to chance. Jane, welcome. I'm really delighted that you're with me today. Thank you, Caroline. I'm delighted to be here. You know, it, this idea is fascinating, and I want to set it up and give you a chance to, to help unpack this very important concept for this global audience. Why is it that some people consistently make good decisions, for example, ones that drive them toward more and more success, and others seem to constantly derail themselves? Help us understand where that all comes from. Uh, well, uh, from from my experience, and my experience is in uh, multiple domains, from um, public school teaching to university teaching to the corporate world, software and IT industries, uh, that, and this is pretty universal, is that people really do not uh, give themselves credit enough to think through uh, a decision. And in this economy, especially in this knowledge economy, where people really uh, are expected to be autonomous, they're expected to make all their decisions, and they're expected to know how, when, and where to make those decisions, you really have to have a mindset that is confident uh, and is uh, ready to go and ask yourself questions as well as other people to be able to um, uh, go do the research or ask the right questions in order to be able to make good decisions. I find that, and the reason I wrote the, the book, The Intentional Mindset, was that people have uh, various components of their mindsets that are not in, in sync with each other. They're not aligned. They have a goal, but then they have a value structure that uh, doesn't doesn't add up to that. So an example of that is if you have a goal of being a multimillionaire by the time you're 25. However, one of your values is family time and you have a very large family and you never work after 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, you're in, you're in, you're in conflict with yourself. And so if you've not questioned that within your own self and have confidence that it's okay to question yourself, then you're really going to derail some of the decisions that you make and you will not uh, achieve your goal, which you may have to change as well. So Jane, it's an interesting time as we're navigating what I call the post-pandemic journey. COVID is still out there, but it, it seems more manageable. Um, we have a, a better clarity of expectations, but there's no doubt that the world is moving fast. Many yes. are remote and there's a lot of change. Um, certainly you come from the tech world, change is ubiquitous. So how does one begin to create an attentional mindset? Does it really start with taking that pause to give space to reflect? Yes, yes, absolutely. That is the seventh step. There are seven steps I've defined of autonomy. And the most probably most important one is reflection. And uh, in three in three steps, including reflection throughout all of these three steps, knowing yourself, knowing how other and how you think, 
uh, what your four components of mindset are, which are your goals, your values, your beliefs, and your mode of work, knowing that about yourself, making sure it's aligned, and then knowing that about other people, reflecting as to how do, do my colleagues or my collaborators, how do they think about this particular situation or this project we're going on, and then being able to align <clears throat> those uh, those mindset components uh, within each of the mindsets, then you can make decisions from a common platform. And that common platform is what makes your life so easy and so simple to navigate because you're all, you're coming from one direction, one set of values, and it, it, it's not really curious as to what you should decide. It's very clear because you know, you know yourself, you know how your collaborators are thinking. And so you can then make um, a very um, aligned decision. You know, it's interesting because our values change over time. You know, you mentioned the hypothetical example of the young professional wanting to earn very significant money, but perhaps having a big family. And that's an incongruous um, focal point. Do mindsets change like values change? Yes. I would say that that's part of the reflective process is uh, to look at what are your goals when you're 25? What are your goals when you're 35? And of course, um, not only you and your values, which are very related and interrelated with your goals, not only do you change, but your colleagues change, your collaborators change, and the world, the situation, and uh, what's needed in terms of your behaviors and mode of work change. Uh, you mentioned the uh, remote work and, you know, kind of learning to live through and manage uh, the aftermath of the pandemic. Well, the that was one of the, uh, also a catalyst for writing this book was that in the 21st century, we really, with all the knowledge that's available and all the remoteness of work, we really have to be able to be in charge of ourselves. And that autonomy is something that has to be intentionally built through your mindset. And part of that is the learning process. And the learning process is what allows you to continue to adapt your mindset components to whatever's going on around you or how, whatever your goals have changed or your values. Um, I think that everybody can relate to uh, values as a teenager, as a young adult, as a young parent, as um, as a an a, um, an assertive or an aggressive person looking to advance your career, uh, or just generally be able to juggle things um, very well. Those goals are all very uh, different, and the mindset to manage them has to change along with them. You know, I, I found this really compelling in your book. You say, don't leave your success to chance. And that's part of the yeah. title of the intentional mindset. So yeah. walk us through this. We've got a global listening audience, and I'm I'm confident that many of them are shaking their heads saying, I get it. I need to be in control. I need to believe in myself. I need to be intentional. But it's it's also overwhelming if this is something new. So what's the first step of connecting intentionality with mindset? Well, the first step is to know yourself and be very aware of how your goals and your values match up 
and how you implement them through your beliefs, your biases, and your mode of work. So if you are, you know, if I, and I've done this uh, many times, you give a group of people uh, a little template and say, well, I'd like you to define your mindset. And they take uh, all of 10 minutes to fill that in with whatever they think their goals or their values are at this point. But then if you say, okay, now let's look at a project that you just did that really didn't manifest itself in the outcome that you were expecting, what happened there? And there's a little process I like to use, which is the five whys. And if you backtrack that outcome of that, uh, that outcome of that uh, project or that work that you really weren't too thrilled with, uh, you will eventually walk yourself back to, oh, I didn't really behave or have a belief that um, I was going to be able to, uh, in that value or the, in that goal. That really wasn't what was most important to me because I behaved differently. So if you can... Uh, look at something that happened in the past and analyze what were you really trying to achieve there? What was the goal? What did you value there? You will very often come up with something that's very different than what you said your goal and your values are. Then you can say, aha, I need to be intentional in, in my mindset. I need to change that either the goal, the value, or the behavior so that those things and mode of work, so that those things are aligned and you can support yourself. Because if your four components of your mindset are not aligned to each other, well, then you're working against yourself and you're, you're going to derail yourself because uh, as in the example of the uh, 20, you know, the 25 year old who wanted to be a multimillionaire, if you are home every day at five o'clock, we all know that that does not, that most likely does not lend itself to um, accumulating great wealth because people work a lot more than that. And their, and their first priority is working, not family, at that point in their lives. Jane, we'll be right back after a quick break. I'd like to tell you about a special offer. If you want to bring your podcast to life or up your podcast game, you can get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn using my special code CDHWORK. The Libsyn team will get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and give you access to critical stats and all the support you need to sound your best and grow your show. Use my special code, CDHWORK. Hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create a healthy workplace culture, or prevent burnout in your organization, I can create customized content to help you recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. Connect with me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. (laughs) 
Jane, I'm fascinated by this topic and mindfulness is a very uh, fashionable thing right now, getting into that mindset, being cognizant of how you feel. So what's the difference between mindset and mindfulness? Or maybe the the correct question is there, is there a connection between mindset and mindfulness? Well, you know, Caroline, I've thought about this a lot and I, because there's so much written about mindfulness now, I think that it is, there's an excellent connection. And that I see that connection as in order to know your mindset, you have to be mindful. So, and I define mindfulness as being observant, being aware and just being able to take in uh, what's going on around you in in an objective way. So if you can do that, you then become aware of how you're thinking, what goals and values you are demonstrating with your work and what you believe. So uh, that's the connection that I see uh, there. And it's, it's, it's a great practice. I mean, it's, you know, mindfulness, meditation, it is something that really um, can capture even the youngest of uh, children in just being aware, sitting outside and you know listening to the birds or listening to whatever it is is going on, and then being able to articulate that really is the first step in being able to be reflective and introspective about what is my mindset. You can't make your mindset intentional intentional unless you know uh, exactly what the starting point is. Hmm, well put. And and I don't know how you approach this, but I think we need to revisit that mindset frequently. You know, they get dusty. <laughs> and sometimes I think we, we let too much time pass before we give ourselves the space and the permission to really reflect and pause and think about what's important to us. Well, you know, I think... That's a very, very good point. Um, uh, Tom Friedman, who's an economist, wrote a book in the last couple of years called Thank You for Being Late. And he talks about the world of acceleration, of uh, technology, globalization, climate issues. And he says, essentially, the world moves so fast that people have to answer, respond, uh, take an action, make a decision very, very quickly because of the rate of acceleration. The name of his book uh, um, is Thank You for Being Late. And he's advocating, take time to think. And what are you taking time to think? You're thinking through the mindset, your intentional mindset. What does that tell me? How does that tell me to answer? All of your actions and decisions are really defined and made very simple through your mindset. And being aware of that, And taking the time to translate a decision from or be guided by your mindset is what really uncomplicates life, I would say. So, you know, when you're juggling, you're juggling family responsibilities and work responsibilities and maybe a little bit of time to collect your sanity once a day for yourself, if you can borrow that time from making decisions quickly because you have the guidance of your intentional mindset always there helping you, well, then uh, you can be calmer and have a, a more comfortable life. Which certainly is an improvement in, in health and well-being. So there's a, a, a an added yeah. bonus there. So Absolutely. 
Jen, I want to pick your brain because it's an interesting time with a, a lens on diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging in cultures and organizations. And there's a lot of talk about bias, conscious and unconscious. Yeah. Um, so many different ways to slice and dice that. And you write that beliefs and biases can lead us to make bad decisions that can also lead to poor or unexpected outcomes. Not always, but sometimes. So tell mm -hmm. us more about that, because that is a really important part about how we tackle this. How are our biases impacting our mindset? Yes, well, they're, they're an integral, integral part of our mindset, and they're really a translation. Uh, your, your, your biases, your beliefs and your biases are uh, how you translate your values into actions. And very often they're unconscious. So um, if you uh, or any of uh, your listeners have had the experience where somebody says, you've just made a decision and somebody will say to you, but what about, and then they say something that you just absolutely never even considered. And you say, oh, I never thought about that. Well, that's where a belief can really get you into trouble. Uh, when you have to go and research something and uh, you say, all right, well, these are the people who are involved. I'm going to go um, look into what their beliefs are. Uh, I'm going to try and understand how they would make this decision. But then you assume that uh, anybody for example, from another country or somebody under the age of 18 or something has no, would not be really a candidate for consideration when actually it might be a second tier uh, impact that you're making on that person. But still, that impact uh, is important and could derail your decision to um, act in a way that is going to uh, marginalize your efforts. So, if and and there's no there is I don't I don't know that there's a way to uh, disbelieve a belief, mm. uh, but if you are open to the conversation with other people, uh, they will often, as we know today, have very very different perspectives on the same thing on the same issue. And if you can really get to the bottom of why they believe what they believe, well, that could have some influence on what you believe as well. Because at the end of the day, uh, if you and your collaborators do not have the same belief about what you're working on, uh, you're not going to get very far because you're going to go in one direction and they're going to go in another direction. And uh, it, it just will not it just will not work out to a common platform. Uh, an example of that is I w was working on an acquisition uh, and um, one company was uh, buying a competitor. And so they did a tremendous job over months of the due diligence process where, uh, you know, they, they got people together, you know, the salespeople talked to the salespeople, the customer service people talked to the customer service people, and they came up with a plan as to how they were would could actually uh, align their beliefs and work in the same way towards the same type of customer because they were competitors. But at the end of the day, the owners did not have the same platform of beliefs as to how as to 
uh, how the uh, executive levels of the organization would be integrated. That derailed, that derailed, and, and it just was an oversight that, well, of course, uh, you know, Mr. X is going to report to Mr. Y, of course, and Mr. X and his boss didn't really, um, didn't really uh, appreciate that. They said, well, you made an assumption here. And so uh, that was a very expensive mistake because mm-hmm. beliefs, beliefs were not aligned. And I, I wouldn't tell you that anybody was uh, trying to uh, fool or trying to deceive anybody else. It was just a matter of a belief that kind of got a belief that, of course, everybody will want to do this the same way, uh, really um, derailed the whole deal. That's a great example. Jane, you and I were talking before the show today about how important it is for everybody listening, including you and me, to believe in themselves, the, the ultimate confidence, the trust, to give yourself that space, to be intentional about your mindset. And that's elusive, that that confidence for so many people. We hear imposter syndrome. We hear so many different um, scenarios where people just don't trust themselves. So help us understand how formulating an intentional mindset with values will also boost that inner confidence. Well, I think that the the outcomes, the decisions that lead to the outcomes of your work are really telltale. And if you are willing to look at your mindset when you're making decisions and examine results and then go back and tweak your mindset based on what happened that you liked or what happened that you didn't like, why did that happen? Oh, because I believed that Joe didn't have the experience that actually he had. I just didn't know it and I didn't give him credit for it, you know, that type of thing. Uh, if you believe that you're going to succeed because you're going to be uh, introspective, you're going to be reflective, and you're going to always want to align your mindset and your mindset with your colleagues' mindsets, then your decisions will uh, give you the confidence that you did the best you could. Now, does it always work out absolutely perfectly? No, but that's because we are we don't actually uh, have front and center every belief that we have. Sometimes, you know, it could, takes a long time to know yourself, but uh, knowing yourself and believing that you'll be okay and you will you will manage things according to the mind the intentional mindset that you uh, would like to develop and use. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's, that's the best of all worlds is to have confidence that it'll all work out because I believe in myself. I believe in myself. Exactly right. Jane, I learned so much from you today. Your incredible book is called The Intentional Mindset, Data, Decisions, and Your Destiny. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers. But Jane, tell us how we can buy the book on other sites and also follow you after the podcast. Uh, thank you, Caroline. Um, well, the website, my, my company uh, that builds cultures for sustainability, starting with people and their mindsets, uh, is called The Art of Performance. 
and my website is www.artofperformance.net and you can get additional information about my work and background there. Uh, Business Expert Press is the publisher. They have the book available there and uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. Jane, I'm so grateful. I learned a lot from you today, and I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and expertise on the show today with this global audience. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad. Great questions. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jane. And your working life is now available on all major podcast platforms. And I'd love to hear from our listeners. Let me know how we're doing. And you can find me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. And I love to give a special shout out to my extraordinary podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. We now have listeners in 16 countries around the world. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.